This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Just real quick, I want to say congratulations to, to Mike and Sarah. They were over here just a minute ago. They are right there. They were married on uh, right around Valentine's I guess it was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? So bless you guys. Praise the Lord. We love to celebrate. Bless all of you. I know some of you had sickness in your body. We've been praying for you that God would heal. So just keep your faith out there. Now, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. We're in this series here on faith. And oh, ooh, the Word of God is so good. The Word of God will, will, will help you in this area. Let the Word of God teach you tonight, okay? It's important that you get in the Word on a daily basis. Now, as you're turning to Mark 4, I, I want to review just a little bit last week that two of the scriptures that I really want to remind you of in Psalm 141, verses 1 through 3, specifically verse 3, King David asked God to, to put a guard on his lips, to watch over the opening of his mouth. And I believe the reason King David said that is King David understood that there's power in my tongue. Now, the second verse I want to bring out tonight is, is uh, Proverbs 18, 21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Now, there's only two options there, death or life. And so, once again, every one of us in this room, we're either planting seeds of death or we're planting seeds of life on a daily basis. Out of the very words that come out of your mouth. And it's important that I get a hold of this. Because oftentimes as human beings, we don't want to think we play a part in this at all. But why would God have said through the word there, death and life are in the power of your tongue? And many times instead of choosing and disciplining ourselves to learn to speak life, to speak the things of God, it's easier for us to make excuses. It's easier for us to, to want everybody to pity me, to have sympathy for me. And I don't mean this ugly. Because I've been there in my own life. But listen, if I don't get a hold of this stuff, the Word of God, what God tells me to do, next year at this time, you're going to be in the same predicament. Ooh, that hurt, Pastor. Ten years from now, you're going to be in the same predicament. And so every one of us in this room, we have the opportunity to get a hold of the things of God. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, He said, Whosoever will say unto the mountain, that's every one of us in this room. So the question isn't for any of us. How many of us have got mountains? Every one of us are going to have mountains. The question is, what am I speaking to the mountain? Who am I whipped? Am I speaking victory? I'm speaking life. So whatever the area in your life of, of the mountain, begin to speak to it and speak to it what God says. Now, I, I want to backtrack here just a little bit before we jump in here. I, I'm not teaching guys the power of positive thinking. The power of positive speech. That's a, I'm just telling you, when you speak the Word of God, according to Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive and it's powerful. So that's why it's important we get the Word of God. Now, we're going to start with a dose of the Word of God. Mark chapter 4, let's begin in verse 33. And with many such parables, he, Jesus, spoke the Word to them as they were able to hear it. Now, you got to get that part right there. Just immediately, what did it say that Jesus spoke to him? He spoke the word to him. 
Jesus didn't come and speak some great Reader's Digest story. He came and he spoke the word to them. Now, for every one of us in this room, a great scripture for us to memorize is Mark 16, 20. And it says this, that God will confirm his word with signs following. It didn't say that God will confirm man's doctrines or man's ways. It said that God will confirm his word. It's important we get a hold of the word of God. It's big, you get a dose of the word of God. Keep reading, verse 34. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Now, when he spoke parables, it was that to speak with simplicity. Verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boats, and as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Now, understand this right here. You will have storms in your life. Think about who was on that boat. Jesus himself was on that boat. So Jesus himself experienced a storm. And this is big that you see this. None of us in here are are exempt from any of this. But only in life storms is your faith revealed. In other words, when life comes pounding on you, you'll find out real quick what's on the inside of you. That's the only way your faith is revealed in the storms of life. So this storm rises up. Verse 38. But Jesus was in the stern asleep in the pillar, right in the midst of a storm. He was sleeping like a baby. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So everyone on this boat besides Jesus, they're losing it. They're, they're just freaking. They're pacing. Man, they are in bad stress. And in this passage here, what, what you've got to see also is don't ever assume that Jesus doesn't care. They assume that he, Jesus, do you not care? Don't ever make accusations against Jesus, okay? It's not good to look and say, why are you not doing this, God? Understand this, Jesus is for us. Jesus wants to bless us. Jesus isn't the one that's against any one of us. So be careful in, these, in, in life to assume anything. Keep reading. Verse 39. Then Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea. Now, it's interesting to me right here. I believe that Jesus was actually modeling to me and you what we need to do. So the storm of life comes. And you know what he does to the storm? He literally speaks to the storm. He opens his mouth, and I want you to look what he spoke to the, to the storm in verse 39. He said, peace, be still. So when you read this right here, you see that Jesus himself not only spoke to the storm, but he spoke the desired result. He didn't say, listen guys, you better get a life jacket, this is bad. I've never been in a storm like this. No. Right in the midst, Jesus speaks to the storm. And so as I read this verse right here, verse 39, and he says, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. What you begin to see here is this. 
the issue in life isn't if we're going to have storms. Once again, the issue is, what am I speaking in the midst of storms? And Jesus models it. So we jump to verse 40. Now look at this. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? One translation says, do you still have no faith? So the issue in this right here for every one of us in this room isn't the storms in my life and it isn't in the mountains in my life. You know what the issue is? My faith. It's my faith. He didn't say one thing to him about the storm. He didn't say, listen, boys, it's a tough one. The waves are huge. He said, do you still not have any faith? So once again, Jesus in this passage is dealing with our faith. Now think about everything that took place here with Jesus. And once again, I believe he modeled what we should do. What did he do? First of all, we read in verse 33, he got the word. The basis of all faith comes from the Word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. The next thing that Jesus modeled to us is He spoke the faith, the desired result, out of His mouth. So I think Jesus right here in the storms of life, He shows them everything that they need to do, but they still didn't get it. Have you ever been there? Absolutely, I've been this way. I've looked at this, and I've belly ached, and I've complained. And as if the Lord's saying, dude, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Now, do you want to really get blessed with this passage right here? Go back to verse 35, and I want you to see this. Same chapter, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus immediately sets the table in this. For years of my life, I've overlooked this. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So was Jesus hoping? Ooh, I hope we make it to the other side. Was Jesus lying to them? Or was this a fact? This is a fact, guys. Understand this, that the Word of God does not change. So Jesus right here, He tells them, fellas, we're going to go over to the other side. He makes this promise to them, and then after he makes the promise to them, they get out on the sea, and the storms of life start coming. So what happens in the storms of life? You're going to stand on what he said, that promise, or you're going to stand on the storms. And most of the time, we get to the point where we say, it's too big, it's too big. But in this passage, Jesus, I believe, was saying, just hold on to what I said. Just hang on to the Word of God. And it's proof right here that when I begin to hang on to the Word of God, I'm going to tell you, things happen for good. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ooh, I thought I'd get a shout on that, man. I'm telling you. Every time I read that these last few days, man, it just jumped in my heart. i got to stand on the Word of God i got to stand on the Word of God. See, back in, in January, when we had that bad gas leak, man, I mean, I started looking at, at the, the mountain there. And it literally rocked me. It, it began to squeeze the faith out of me. And when they tore that parking lot up, it was as if everything within me was gone. And you say, that rocked you? And I say, it did rock me. 
But when my wife spoke to my heart, man, I started getting back into the Word, and I started getting back into the Word. And even the reason I read Philippians 4.19, I believed with all my heart that once I got back in faith, when I would look at that torn up parking lot, you know what would come out of my mouth? Thank you, Father God, you supply all my needs. Thank you, Father God. And I'll tell you, it wasn't just saying it got down in my heart. That anytime anything happened, another ripple came, hmm, God's going to take care of me. God's going to supply my needs. And so even in that situation, when I'd lost all my faith, the way I got back into faith is I started believing the promises of God, and I hung on to it. And I hung on to it, and I hung on to it. Now look right here in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. This is talking about the armor of God. And it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you, who? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, right there he tells me, in, in the evil day, when the storms of life come, when all hell breaks loose, I've got to learn to stand. Now, look what he tells me. This is the Apostle Paul. Look what he says in verse 14. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. He's telling me, you stand with the truth. He didn't say give up. He didn't say turn around and run. He didn't say quit. He said stand. When you've done all you know to do, then you stand. Now, when he was saying this, he said, you're going to have to stand on the Word of God. So just as Jesus told them on the storm, he said, listen, boys, we're going to go to the other side. In the storm of life, they got to hold on. i got to hold on to the Word of God. And there's times the best way I hang on to the Word of God is I start confessing out of my mouth the very Scripture I'm standing on. That is just releasing my faith in the middle of the storm. Give me faith to trust what you say. How true that is. I believe that. So think about this tonight. Not only am I going to get a hold of the Word of God, I'm going to stand on it. I like to call it bulldog faith. I grab a hold of that and I'm not letting go until I see the result. And I believe that's what every one of us need to get in our life pertaining to the storm or the mountain you're going through right now. Keep reading here as we go. Now let's, let's jump. Go, go with me to Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15. See, a lot of times when we read this and we say hold your ground and stand your ground, we like to throw a word in there called but. But. But you don't know my situation. But you don't know my problem. And oftentimes, we have this thought in our life as human beings, no one ever experienced what I'm going through. No one got it as tough as I do. And so what I'm talking about earlier is when I said, many times as human beings, it's easier to make excuses or want pity and sympathy than just to say, you know what? I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to believe the Word of God. Does it take great courage to believe the Word of God? It does. Actually, the Lord himself said to Joshua in Joshua 1, he said, listen, buddy, you're going to have to be strong and a good courage. And thank you, Father God. Thank you for courage. Thank you for graceness. Thank you. Help us stand today. Now, we read here Matthew. Matthew 15. Let's begin in verse 7. These people draw near to me with their mouth. And they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain or uselessly, they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. Now, what he's talking about here is 
their hearts weren't aligned with their word. This is exactly what I was talking. And he lets me know once again, to live by faith, it requires the mouth and the heart come together. Tell you, that's part of faith. How do we know that? Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, you believe with the heart and you confess with the mouth. This is the way faith operates every single time. Now keep going here, verse 10. And when Jesus had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Not just hear, but you've got to hear it and understand it. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Now the word defile there means it makes them unclean. And so right here in this passage, he said, what comes out of the mouth is what defiles a man. I, I believe the Lord Jesus right here is once again, he's telling me the power of my tongue. And you know what he just told us in this passage? Your tongue has the ability to defile you. The things I speak out of my mouth, I'm either speaking life, I'm speaking death. I'm either speaking blessing or I'm speaking curse. Verse 12. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. And so he is telling them, Listen, guys, you don't want to listen to them. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not get this? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed or come out of the mouth, they come from the heart and they defile a man. Now, if you see right there, once again, he's telling me the connection between my heart and my mouth. Over and over you see the Lord do this. He said, but those things which proceed out of my mouth they come from the heart and they defile a man. One of our main texts has been Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. You want to locate yourself? Just listen to what you're saying. So I go back and I think, this is why it's very important that I put the Word of God in me every day. This is why it's important that I quote the Bible every day, that I make affirmations about myself, what the Bible says on a daily basis. And he ends in verse 19 and he said, For out of the heart proceed thoughts, evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. So what he's telling me here, the heart is the source of all evil action. i got to change the heart. How do I change the heart? First of all, i got to get born again. I ask Jesus to come and live in my heart. Jesus comes and gets him to my heart. Remember, the only way you change the fruit is you change the root. The way I change the root is, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. But then it doesn't stop right there. A lot of times we get saved and we think that's it. That's just the beginning point. You know, in Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, shaped and molded by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Word of God. So what happens after I get born again? i got to start reading the Word of God. 
And what happens is I begin to read the Word of God, and the more that I read the Word of God, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth begins to speak. And something starts taking place right here. So feed on the Word, because when the Word is absent, faith will be absent. It's a bottom line. That's why I stress the Word over and over, not just in your life, but I know in my life, i got to get the Word in me. i got to get the Word in me. Why? Because when the word's absent, faith's going to be absent. But when faith is present, it's going to come out of your mouth. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Now, I said this last week, that the words that we speak out of our mouth, the words that you speak over your kids or even that were spoken over your life, they leave impressions on us. In other words, when I say stuff about myself or I say stuff about my children, it begins to paint a picture or the image on the inside of me. But when I get over and start saying about myself and about my kids what God says, you know what that picture and the image will be on the inside of you? I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I I can do these things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And so what happens, the Word of God begins to shape a picture on me, and ultimately I begin to believe the Word, I begin to speak the Word, and I begin to live and act like the Word of God is true. And that's the same for every one of us in this room. That's how God designed it to work. Go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I came across this years ago. Actually, I I stood on this scripture. trying to think how old I am right now. Over 30 years ago. And I've never let go of this. And this is what I mean in life when you allow the Word of God to start uh, uh, shaping you, leaving impressions on you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Giving thanks to the Father has qualified us. The word qualified means He's authorized us or enabled us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Now, the word saints in life, it literally means God's holy people. If you get what he's saying in there, the Lord Jesus qualified me, and every one of us in this room, we have an inheritance. The issue is a lot of times, we don't even know what our inheritance is. Do you want to know what part of your inheritance is? Look at verse 13. Now, get get this. He, Father God, the Lord Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered me from the power of darkness. Now, you've got to let that sit on the inside of you. He's delivered me from the domain or the dominion of darkness. Now, in, in your life, what's an area of darkness? It, it, it can be anything that has, has a, a stronghold on you, from anger to lust to alcohol. I mean, you just think of all the things. So the reason I'm telling you that right there Every one of us in this room, the the dominion of darkness may look different for every one of us. But it's still darkness. But right here, we are told, my inheritance is, he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. So that's the promise. Just as he promised them and said, listen boys, we're going to the other side, this is a promise. So I go back to my own life, and, and I was bound by alcohol, I was bound by lust. And so I begin to fill that blank in there, and I would say this out of my mouth. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus. You've delivered me out of the power of alcohol. You've delivered me out of the power of lust. And I spoke it. And I kept speaking it. And I kept speaking it. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more I got that word in me, the more I begin to speak it. And before long, I begin to believe it. And I begin to act like it was taking hold. And it did. And it started working and it started happening. And the Word of God, remember, it's alive and it's powerful. And you say, I've tried that and it doesn't work. So God lied. No, God didn't lie. That's the problem a lot of times. We don't try the Word of God. We just do it. We just step out and say, okay, Father God, you said it. Now, when we talk about faith, you know what faith is? Faith is literally trusting what God said. It's saying, Jesus, you said this, and so I'm just going to stand on what you said. And it goes back. Is what Jesus said, is it greater than the mountain? Well, you've got to decide. I believe it is. So he said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness and have conveyed or transferred you into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption or whom we've been bought with redemption through his blood. So I would go back and I would begin to say this. I thank you, Father God that you've delivered me through the blood of Jesus. And I thank you the blood of Jesus is greater than the lust of my life. The blood of Jesus is greater than the alcohol in my life. And so once again, we back all the way up. The way you change the fruit is you change the root. And part of changing the root is, i got to start saying what God said about me. i got to get that on the inside and begin to speak it and begin to speak the things of God over your children. Begin to speak the things of God over your marriage. I want to end with this tonight. You guys probably thought, I I didn't think you were going to Proverbs. We're going into Proverbs. I love the Proverbs. I spent a lot of times in the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. So here's the deal. You You can make excuses the rest of your life. You can go around on a pity party and whine all you want. Or you can get a hold of the Word of God. I choose and I highly recommend you get a hold of the Word of God. Because I'll tell you, the Word of God will work. The Word of God will not return void. It will not return empty in any situation in life. Proverbs 12, verse 6. The words of the wicked are lying wait for the blood. The words of the wicked. So it tells me right here that the words of the wicked... They speak what they're going to do. Actually, before they do it. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright will deliver them or save them. Listen to what the New International Version says there. The speech of the upright rescues them. So in reading this verse right here, My mouth has the ability to deliver me. How do you know that? That's what it just said. He said that the mouth of the upright will deliver them. And so it tells me right there, my words are very important what comes out of my mouth. Same chapter, verse 18. Now this is a good one. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Really, many translations says a person who speaks rashly, his speaking cuts like a sword. And so when you look at this here, the the New International Version says reckless words pierce like a sword. 
reckless words. But look at the end of verse 18. But the tongue of the wise promotes health. The tongue of the wise promotes health. So let's just use a little reverse on that. If the tongue of the wise promotes health, then the tongue of the foolish promotes sickness. Wow. And so right here, just through what is revealed to us in those passages in in Proverbs, and I love the last one because a lot of times my tongue is literally promoting sickness. And when I talk about promoting sickness, according to that verse, it says, I am literally inviting sickness. Now, none of us in this room, well, at least I hope you don't enjoy being sick. If you do, we need to pray for you. But the tongue of the wise, it it promotes, it invites. What did he say? Healing. Listen what the King James says. The tongue of the wise is health. It is health. The Amplified says the tongue of the wise brings healing. So once again, so much of what takes place in our lives is out of the words we speak. Now think about that in your life. Be honest with yourself. Is my tongue right now promoting health? Or is my tongue promoting sickness? Once again, I'm not speaking judgment and condemnation on you. I'm speaking, we got to get a hold of our tongue. we got a tongue problem. Christians. And so this is the key that I begin to get a hold of the Word of God in here in all these areas and say, Lord, put a guard on my tongue. Put a guard on my tongue. I don't want to defile myself. But he warned us about that there in Matthew. And so you go back and you look at all the scriptures over and over we talked about. And once again, it falls directly in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Now once again, guys, I'm not speaking the power of positive thinking. This is the word of God. This is the B-I-B-L-E. And it's alive and it's powerful when I get a hold of it. But understand this, whether I'm speaking life or death, whatever is coming out of my mouth, remember we talked last week in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it said that the words that come out of your mouth before before two or three witnesses, they will be established. Your words are establishing on this direction you're going. I am tomorrow what I spoke today. Ooh, I'm telling you. So just think about this, guys. Here, for 30-plus years of my life, I've worked on this. Do you have it mastered, Pastor? I wish I had it mastered. But sometimes when the storms of life come, you know what you begin to say? And you get over, you get into fear, you get into the circumstances, and you start yakking instead of saying, "Uh uh-uh. No, what does God say? What does God say? Now, Here's a great tattoo to put on your arm. Put on this on your heart. James 1.19. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. You know what the Lord was saying to us in that passage right there? Be very careful what you allow to come out of your mouth. Make your words like that of a surgeon. Be very precise with the words. In every area of my life, Even in my marriage. You know why sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will break my heart. 
It's true for every one of us. Why don't we stand up here? Once again, whoo, this is good. <laughs> this is good. I tell you, we're having huge hits on our iPod, our podcast on these, because I tell you right now, this is, this is what we got to get back to. So once again, do you sense why God spoke into my heart? He said, listen, dude, you got to get into faith. And then he said, teach the adults, because if we don't teach this, guys, we've got a generation that knows nothing about faith. Zero. I was in a setting with a guy the other day, and he was asked that question, and when I started talking about faith, he looked at me like a cow at a new gate, like, what are you talking about? And I said, we've got to get back into faith, where we believe God, and we trust God, and we live with faith. And so remember this, your homework assignment. Begin to practice the Word. Once again, get around people that will correct you and say, is that what you believe? Is that what you want? Not in an ugly way, but just to stretch us a little bit. I think it's important that we become accountable in everything we do and say, all right, Father God, put a guard on my tongue. Let me ask this, and we'll end with this. How many of you have, have quoted Psalm 141.3 this week? Dear Lord, that was a keeper. <laughs> that was you guys' homework assignment last week. Go back and get that one. And remember I said, write it on a three-by-five card. Let that be your prayer tomorrow morning and say, Father God, I ask you to put a, a guard on my lips from the opening of my mouth. Don't, don't let me, Lord, help me not to say things that are, are, are negative, that are death, that are a curse. Yes, Pastor, we can do that. Okay, let me pray a blessing over you and we'll get you out of here. Father God, we love you tonight. We thank you, Father God. Woo, that, Lord, help us to trust what you say. Let us fall in love with your word, Lord, that your word, for every one of us in this room, it becomes alive and it becomes powerful and it's that two-edged sword. And, Lord, we ask you right now to grace us in our tongue. Now, Lord, we be, we be swift to hear and slow to speak. And, Father God, help us in this area not to devile ourselves, not to promote sickness. But, Lord, we get over and we choose tonight that we speak life and we speak blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.